Welcome back to the show with the informers of the podcast show. We give you all the stuff and all the topics and the movies and the games and the TV and the anime. Welcome back, everybody, to NMI When You Need What Info, a podcast about the movies of a podcast exploring the movies and video games. Uh, do you know what, people? Screw it. The intro did it for me. I can't even do my normal intro because the lovely musical intro I had just didn't work. It was. It just didn't work. Um, yeah, honestly, it's 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 uh, it's good to be back there, people. Um, again, like a podcast one of the worlds of movies, video games, and TV shows. I'm your host, Nate. Today, I'm joined by Fergus. Hello, everyone. And welcoming back, Mr. James. Hello. Uh, hello, James. How you been, man? It's been it's been it's been a little bit. It's been a little while. Yeah, no, it's, it's been. I, I, I've been good. I haven't haven't been up to anything that exciting, but you know, still. But watching playing your films and uh, playing your playing playing your games in my spare time. Did you go see Bullet Train? I have not seen that yet. Actually, it's one of my films I want to watch, so uh, I have not seen that. Hopefully, it's following that forty-five day rule where we'll basically be able to watch it um, in, a, in a in a probably in October. So I'm um, hopefully that's the case. Nice, yeah, look forward to it. And we'll probably do a review for that people when it comes out. But again, returning again this week is the lovely Fergus. How are you, sir? Hello, I am good, thanks. Um, very tired, to be honest. I have been woken up several nights in a row by rogue thunderstorms. So, <laughs> oh, um, no. Uh, yeah, I, I sent a... Uh, I played a He-Man, like, uh, soundtrack clip. Ironic links to tonight's topic, people. Uh, a He-Man soundtrack clip of his first transformation of the animated series. Now, I as the music was, like, ramping up, I was like, I could feel the power coursing through my veins, the lightning in my hands, for I have the power! And my, yeah, I just sent that to a couple of friends. Jordan was one of them, and he was just like, "For fuck's sake, Nate! For fuck's sake!" Creating thunderstorms, are you? Ah, uh, you know, if <laughs> I wasn't singing before the rain started, so you know, I know that's a running joke my family have. But no, it's it's good to have you back, the man. It's so sad you've been working up a few times. It wasn't the uh, it wasn't the partying people this time. It was the uh, the partying sky. No, it was the sky. It was the sky. I was partying this weekend, though. Uh, I did go. I was hanging out in Soho uh, on Saturday. Very nice. Um, went to what was it? D sixty four, the nightclub with all of the arcade machines in it. Um, I felt really old, <laughs> but um, you know, people are people half my age are you know going out for a night out to play games that are about the same age as me. That's depressing, isn't it, really? Yeah, a little, like, a little. To think our age, Sonic was first coming out, or like Mario was first coming yeah. out at our age. Yeah, and... that's, that's yeah. what I'm playing. Yeah, or uh, later. Rock yeah. Band's become a thing. Classic game, Rock Band. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that, that was coming out like, you know, I say myself and you, Fergus. I know James is going to make his I'm older comment in a second, oh, but, you know. <laughs> stop, stop. Uh, Stop highlighting my age. It's not like what I'd ever do, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he never does that, age, people. All this, all this ageism. Christ. I know. How, how, how dare we remind people that James reminds us all the time every now and then. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, Rock Band came out in, like, what, 2006? 2000, between 2006 and 2010, I want to say. So, well, probably earlier yeah. than that, to be honest. It was... It was probably about... I want to say 2006, 2007, maybe. It was around about that time. Yeah, because mm. when I went to university, DJ Hero came out, and that was that was a thing which I regret buying. Like, wow, that was that was a major regret buying. But yeah, no, myself, um, feeling mostly better now. Uh, still uh, on the men, still 
been watching the rings of power uh the uh racist um bigoted uh whatever you, you know the people are like throwing trash at the show can fuck off because amazon have had to bring in a policy now where um they have they they stop reviews for 72 hours after an episode comes out so basically they're trying to bring down the review bombing because the 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 show got massively review bombed which is disgusting in my opinion um the money's there like the money really is there from the first two episodes they they showed but um i think the story needs a little bit more to myself i think the boys did a similar thing where they released the first three episodes and then they continue weekly depending on how this next episode goes i think maybe they should have done that as well because i think there was a lot of setup gorgeous setup and everything with all the characters and appeal but i think it just needed a bit more outside of that just been replaying spider-man because uh, um, i was hoping to get some spider-man 2 news soon but we didn't get that and also i bought the last of us uh remake so i'm uh finally playing that again looking forward to you james finally giving that a play when it comes to pc well what what of last of us yes 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 absolutely yeah and uh hopefully uh the last of us 2 will be announced soon after because i think if you bring in the first part you can't not bring part two as well yeah exactly but yes people obviously last week we got into our uh what did we get into oh, it was the uh it was the future game show roundup and the games come wrap up and how we how we felt about it i kind of expected a few more things it was definitely more indie heavy uh you know definitely go listen to the episode uh but folks do you have any like final thoughts or, like reflection a week later to be honest i have not followed up on any of the games that i they're all in my Steam wish list, and they're going to be sitting there until they come out or not. But they're now part of a list that's easily 200 games strong. So just added to the backlog of the hundreds of games that I at least the ones I haven't even bought yet. <laughs> oh no, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just it's yeah. I, mean, I, I, I I'll be playing some of them, but you know. Fair enough. Uh, are there any games from... Uh, actually, we never spoke to you about it, James, uh, very briefly. Are there any games from Gamescom or Future Game Show that caught your eye? Oh, mate, I didn't really follow that uh, that particular event, which is why I uh, skipped the uh, previous sessions podcast. Well, maybe we'll come back to it later. I know um, Moonbreaker is definitely getting a lot of attention at the moment. Uh, I've signed up for the early access myself. Um, also, um, it's not Gamescom, but it's been released now. Rollerdrome. Uh, it's getting yes. a lot of praise a lot of praise in the uh, gaming community at the moment yeah there is is quite a lot of hype around an indie game so i yeah it looks like it's going to be quite successful exactly exactly people but yes people that was our last week's episode this week is going to be an interesting episode for copyright purposes because it's we're going to get into it people basically this week uh, as you probably heard as you probably heard last week we, we've we, we've been working on a lot of topics recently we've been trying to figure out how how we could go about bringing you all that lovely content obviously october is saved for all the horror based content or like the you know the um the most the most spooky the more um uh, spooky content uh also the dark pictures anthology roundup series which i'm definitely looking forward to doing there to be honest because i i've held off playing those games i've heard man of Dan is mid but um i've heard the others are really good and i'm really looking forward to playing the devil in me a bit down the line but when it comes to that though uh, we look forward to October and also the comfort movies and games for Christmas because we all love to we all love to snuggle in with those uh, with those lovely TV shows that we just like to sit back and watch. Hopefully, The Witcher 
probably isn't going to be coming out at Christmas again this year. Probably be a summer show now, but you never know. They could come out and over like, and the witch is coming out at Christmas and that'd be a shock to be honest, but I'd, I'd love that. The, um, that additional Netflix series they bought out, uh, the witcher fireplace was probably the most watched show, uh, in my household over Christmas last year. So, <laughs> so two, two things, what's your fireplace? Yes, uh, they released um, a Netflix maybe two hours long of uh, just the fire roaring in oh, that oh, thing. Okay. James is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, the other thing I was actually going to mention is that there is a new virtual show which should be released by end of the year, and that is Blood Origins, the uh, prequel to uh, Witcher. Yeah. With uh, Lenny Henry in it as well, hmm. which I, I'm loving the fact he's in The Witcher and the Lord of the Rings prequel. That is absolutely amazing, in my opinion. Two big properties, um, two major streaming platforms. But yes, people, this week we are going to be getting into our favorite movie soundtracks. Now, we'll, we, I've, I've, it's been, it was actually, I don't know how you guys found it, but it's, it was actually extremely difficult to do this list, to be honest. It was, it was a tricky one. Yeah. I found it very, well, the hard thing for me was to not make it all of one particular composer that I really, really like. I mean, yeah, and I, we can all guess. Well, he's he's on my list for one thing. I already know who it is. So, yeah, he, it's um, we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, so I like we got honorable mentions. We've got all that stuff there. We won't be doing like a top five because I think music is so subjective. It's actually really difficult to place these songs within a, a like a list themselves. I think the better way to go about this is what emotion, what emotions are elicited, or what 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 we feel from these tracks i think that's probably a better way to go about it and how how we felt about these tracks because i think you know you can't really put it down to that in the end of the day uh but yeah no that's that's what we're going to do today people just to preface um when you do listen to this episode please look at the description for the episode what we're going to be doing is i think the best way to go about this is we're either going to we're going to be releasing a spotify playlist for the episode the playlist will contain some tracks from each of the films we select uh myself i've picked you know a few tracks for a few films other ones just had the main theme but also i'm actually looking at in creating either a google playlist or um, a spotify a youtube playlist that people can refer to because i think you know if you're listening on your phone um maybe just go and listen to the tracks later on after you've listened to the episode if you listen to it on computer uh, I'm going to try and create multiple different playlists so you have the opportunity to listen to the music along with the episode as we go through because that way you can get immersed in it more. But yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the best, like that's probably the safest way I've actually tried to figure mm. out how to go about doing this, to be honest, because we were talking about using 10 to 15 you know, second snippets. If people out there have any idea on what we could do in that regard, like if can we use copyrighted music to some degree? Because I know people can react to TV shows, they can react to all this stuff. and music is heard sometimes they they actually pause the music when they're actually doing it but if you have any ideas of their people i think that's probably the best way to go in regarding the news for these shows uh we're still in the process of working out how to go about doing the news episodes and the topic episodes we're at we will be covering d23 uh the video game uh show and the movie show also ubisoft forward probably look for that episode next tuesday uh we're actually looking at maybe doing the episodes on a tuesday and a friday it won't be every week, most likely, because sometimes news is very light. Also, those episodes probably won't be an hour long. They're probably like maybe 30 to 40 minutes at most. So, you know, that lovely train or bus commute. But right, people, it is time to get into that sweet, sweet music. 
Uh, how about yourself, guys? Are you, you ready? You ready to delve into the the fine tunes that we have today? Yes, I think so. I think this is going to be an interesting show. I think this is going to be an interesting show. Oh yeah, most most definitely indeed. How about yourself, James? You ready to go? You ready? You pumped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've already composed my list. It's uh, it's ready to go. All right, people. It is time to flip that screen on YouTube, and we are going to get into our first. Let, let's get into our honorable mentions. I'm going to go first this week because I think since I've probably got the most honorable mentions, it's probably best if I do that. So, people, what we do is on the Discord server, we actually like to um, share our screens. So we actually like can get an idea of what we're actually looking at. So my first movie is The Terminator, not Terminator 2, The Terminator. Uh, it's uh, composed and formed on a synthesizer by Brad Fidel. This... Um, this is a less, like, you know, more orchestral version of the Terminator theme song. I think also it has the the, sl- the more slow burn aspect to, to what the original film has because the original film is more like a stalker movie. Uh, I actually do prefer this theme to the second theme song in Terminator 2. Don't get me wrong, still both amazing. And obviously it's become such a synonymous part of movie pop culture. But yeah, this is my first honorable mention is The Terminator by Brad Fidel. So go listen to it, people. Dropping onto my next one, it's the lovely film that I mentioned on most of my uh, podcast uh, shows. And this usually comes up a lot of the time, especially on a gaming show. It's the Clendathu drop from Starship Troopers. This is composed by uh, Basil Polidorus. Um, it actually took over six months to compose this. Um, and again, like it was actually, you know, supposed to be a realistic background to what the character was experiencing. And, you know, the experiment passion is going off of um, the Wikipedia at the moment. But again, Love this film. I think having the um like the initial drop into the actual environment really does play this. And also I think it it definitely plays into the fact that this does feel like video game music. And I think a lot of people I've spoken to when they play like games at like XCOM and stuff like that, like myself, they play this uh, music track to be honest, because it's just so powerful in regards to its military aspect as well. Quickly moving along. Uh, again, people just uh, running through these very quickly. Quickly moving along. We have Dread. Uh, obviously, I've mentioned this quite a few times before, but it's composed by Paul Leonard Morgan. I uh, wrote the industrial music for the score of the film. I think the I love the intro track to this movie. It's called Mega City One. The track is called. It's basically the intro for the film. It's Dredd's first appearance in the film when he first plays. He's like, okay, this man's got his shit sorted. And it also really sets up the visual aesthetic of like the griminess and the actual, you know, the very low, the low sci-fi low sci-fi feel of this film like it doesn't feel like a high sci-fi film it feels like a very low comic book sci-fi movie and it really does come uh, pull that off also it does really show the visual aesthetic of this movie as well with the slow-mo effect and again absolutely stunning in my opinion absolutely stunning right quickly moving along now this is an interesting one because again this isn't like fully like film soundtrack but it's more uh you know a composition tracks there is composed songs in this but also there are like you know official songs to go with it i'm talking about now this is two songs now people it's the rocky four film the training montage and hearts on fire this was composed by uh vince decola um again he would later go on to compose the transformers the animated movie back in the 80s uh bill conti obviously did some music for this movie uh but he was too busy doing um oh sorry bill conti does the other films but he was too busy doing the karate kid movies so uh yeah no also this film actually you know includes stuff like you know living living in america with james brown kenny loggins survivor again like you know it's a whole bunch of mega 80 stars and 
again, if you're at the gym or you just try to power through town, you just want to really get the heart going, but then move as fast as you can and feel good doing it, definitely listen to these two songs. I mean, and we got got copyrighted. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Right. Moving on to my last three honorable mentions. Again, people, sorry about this. We have to... Again, like, honestly, this is the most difficult list I had to do without putting these in my top five. It is Gladiator, uh, specifically Now We Are Free. Uh, this was composed by Hans Zimmer and performed by Lisa uh, Gerald and conducted by Gavin Greenway. Again, like, I think this was the, the film where I first, like, really... Titanic, before this, you know, I felt some good emotions from the film, but I think this film, obviously, the ending to this movie, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Marcus Aurelius Maximus, um, you know, he... It's a, very, it's a very sad ending, but I think it's a very, like, visually stunning movie as well. And I think the final composition in this movie really complements it quite well. Right. Moving on to my final two, uh, which was actually, you know, interest a few people. So we are moving on to Star Trek, uh, the 2009 movie. Not the older ones, not Nemesis, not The Next Generation. I'm talking about the 2009 movie, specifically the song Enterprising Young Men. It's basically the first uh, track of the movie where we first get uh, the visuals of the rebooted Enterprise. It was uh, composed by Michael Giacchino, the entire soundtrack. I think this like film, when it came out, the soundtrack was just sublime for this movie. But I think the first introduction of the Enterprise really did show how it was, you know. It updated the Star Trek score, but also it gave it its own flair, but also showed you the um, like the scale of this movie is going to have and how brilliant it was. Right. My final one, which I'm, if you listen to previous podcasts, people, and how I love this movie. It's my favorite film of all time. It was my number one cult movie of all time. Fergus, can you remember my number one cult movie of all time? Oh, it was the 80s Space, The Last Starfighter. Damn right, good sir. Damn right. It was they sung by Craig Safan. Uh, just a fun little fact he wanted to go bigger than Star Wars and utilize a Marla sized or a Marla sized orchestra. Uh, resulting in unusual breadth of instruments, including quadruple woodwinds and eight trumpets, trombones, and horns. That's just coming from uh, the uh, Wikipedia page, people. But again, this was the first sci-fi film I ever watched before Star Wars. I never heard the Star Wars theme before this, so I think this is why it's so synonymous with me and how this actually plays out. So this is the the last Starfighter main theme, not the theme song from the Broadway show. Do not listen to that, people. Again, like okay, you may you may like it, just not for me. Just list on the uh, the playlist that we provided people. That's um that's my final honorable mention. <sighs> and hopefully I got through that quite quickly. <sighs> right. We are now gonna move on to Fergus for his honorable mention. I only have the one. Thank um, God. It is only an honorable mention because we have mentioned it before again in our cult movies um episode. This would be the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh largely written written by Richard O'Brien and for the most part sung by Tim Curry himself. Uh, Richard O'Brien, um, Neil Campbell, Susan Sarandon, etc. It is a very classic soundtrack. Um, people will regularly gather in cinemas to do sing-along performances. I know there is one just down the road from us. In oh, we're going. Months. We are we going. Do. We have to get tickets to that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so... All-time classic soundtrack. Um, if you ha- you would probably recognise, I would say eighty percent of the songs if they were just played on the radio, and probably be able to sing along. Um, I mean, yeah. time warp, time warp, like time warp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably the safest uh, song you could probably play in, like uh, you know, when you were younger as well. To be honest. Yeah. See, 
sweet transvestites. Um, Probably not as much. Damn it, Janet. Uh, all of them. Science fiction, double feature. All of them. All of them. I mean, I didn't know Meatloaf was in this movie until like I saw in university. And Hot yeah. Patootie is such a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All round classic. Go watch the cult movies episode for us to reveal that this is a good film. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Most definitely indeed. Uh, James, how about yourself? Do you have any hey, honorable mentions? Only reason I put this in honorable mention is because. I know you'll have this in your list, and that is Star Wars by John Williams, a massively classic soundtrack. Interesting, but because all, uh, James James doesn't like Star Wars, so that, well, that's I, I, I over I over egg that just to piss, because I find I over egg that just because it, it amuses me how sensitive uh, people can be over someone else's opinion. I don't mind Star Wars; it's just not something I'm a massive fan of. And that's a personal preference, and I'm completely fine. And, and, and that shouldn't be, yeah. But in terms of music, five episodes, thirty-five episodes, James, and I only find this out now after many years. I feel betrayed, sir. Betrayed. The sound, the soundtrack is iconic and uh, amazing. So, yeah, I will mention See, that as an honourable. So, the main theme for me isn't in my list because I think oh, like one. Have you done? Have you done it by specific tracks? Because I've done it by. Um, soundtracks in its entirety. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've, I've, so myself, I've picked specific tracks, which basically, because obviously, you know, with some films, you're not going to elicit some more emotions than others, and people are sort of subjective during the film itself. So that's why I've picked like specific tracks in the film. I think Star Wars in general, like, I think that's 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 a given. Like when when you mention Star Wars, that is just that is just a given at the end of the day. And I'm trying to be more more specific, like the ones I've done. That's just what I've done now. So yeah. Mm. There are certainly songs that stand out, but I mean, in terms of overall recognition of a soundtrack, I think, uh, I guess some some are better than others on my list, put it that way. But oh, yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. But yes, people, right. We are now going to get into not our top fives. I put them inside like a five list, basically, you go from five to one, just so I talk about them, because I think it's, you know, it's more the emotional level it went to for me. But basically, we're now going to get into our first first mentions. My first mention is I'm actually I'm actually quite so. It is a superhero film, obviously, because it's me. Can you guess what superhero film that might be? Superman. Wow! Fucking nail on the head in one. Oh right, yes, it wow. has a really good soundtrack, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, nail on the head in goddamn one. That that is um that is some awesome uh, stuff. There. If it wasn't Superman, I've got another idea. What, what what you what you don't have it in your list, and it's not in your honorable mentions. You might kick yourself. It's yeah. slightly it's slightly different from from soundtrack per se. It's what more of a lot of licensed licensed music, which I feel you would like, and that's Guardians of the, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, no, not my list at all. I know it's not on your list, but I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm kind of. Half surprised it's not. Yeah, no, I um, I was quite. It was actually like in contention, but I just had to like think of like films that were just above that. If I actually expanded my animal metrics list, which I did not want to do anymore because I spoke way too long. Yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually talking about the film now. Obviously, this is Superman, so the John Williams theme song, of course. Mm-hmm. Fucking brilliant, amazing, amazing song. But I'm talking about the movie Superman Returns. So this is a film that came out in 2003. I want to say so. Oh, 2006, sorry. So this is like before, you know, they did the reboots and it wasn't didn't come off as well. People said this wasn't enough action in this movie. 
I mean, this film has three tracks, which I love. It's the main theme, obviously. So it's like an updated version with more like drums in it and more, more power. And like, it, it really lists more emotions for me anyway. Um, and also I was at the right age when this film came out. So I really, really appreciate it. Love the original score. Uh, I just think this added to it. I didn't, didn't make it, you know, amazingly better. Just really added to it more. Uh, the other two songs I want to talk about in this though, is um, the songs rough flight and saving the world. So basically Superman's first introduction into this film is uh, him saving a plane. That's basically like uh, getting pulled into space by a shuttlecraft that's getting pulled out there. And the first sighting of him is on a uh, plane uh, radar coming into view. I thought this was an excellent introduction to this character, uh, a reintroduction. So, cause this is actually a continuation from the 1980 movie. Like it talks about how he like disappeared for a while. But again, like, you know, with this track though, you see how he like, you know, the, 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 you know, the loss of gravity in this, in the scene. And then the, the gravity coming back in the scene, the plane hurtling towards the planet. Um, I thought it was really awesome. I love the fact as well, that basically when Superman tries to save the plane, he like tries to slow down the plane by you know holding the wing, but he snaps it off. He snaps the wing off because gravity is against him. I thought it was a very very smart way to actually go about. It's like it's showing you know he isn't perfect even after all these years, and it literally ends in a baseball field, true American style, where he's slowing the plane down from the nose. It's buckling in like the weight of the plane against him. I think this also goes against like you know he's struggling in this movie to actually hold a plane up. We'll get into this in a second. Um, and then he actually puts the plane down and everyone cheers. And that's the return of Superman. Superman returns, basically. Love that. Love that. The other one I want to talk about again is uh, saving the world. So when I mentioned about the whole, um, basically, uh, when he was saving the plane, there's another scene where basically, okay, have you have you both seen Superman Returns? Mm, not for some considerable time. So basically, uh, Lex Luthor wants to, you know, he wants he wants tons of terror. He wants tons of terrain. He wants to get all that get all that land. So basically, he creates a kryptonite-infused landmass that's basically, you know, causing mass mass troubles across the world. Now, this isn't just like a landmass. This is a fucking massive continent, basically. Superman flies down to the bottom, cuts it from the bottom, and he's literally holding this by himself while kryptonite's going into him. He's struggling. He's sweating. He's trying to get us into space. I think it just shows like the raw power of this character. Also, it shows like his evolution in the movie. People said this didn't have a lot of action scenes in the movie, but to me, a film doesn't always need action scenes. It just needs you know good emotional context. And I think like you know, him sacrificing himself to actually get rid of this to save humanity was great because later on, you know, it, yeah. Also, you know, you see how big the landmass is. You know, compared to the actual island stuff, this is on the horizon. It's it's fucking huge. And I just, mm. I just thought this was amazing. Again, love the scene. Um, love this film. I love this film for the soundtrack. Again, not taking away from John Williams at all. Love the man. Uh, he's he's actually given me um, another, you know, as we mentioned with Star Wars, that's probably going to be high on my list. He's given us so many tracks. And he still says he wants to create a Bond theme, even even after, you know, supposedly retiring from film. Mm. Amazing, amazing composer. But this was John, Ott, John Ottman who did the uh, score for this. So that was my... Uh, I wouldn't say my number five, but my my first my first mention. Fergus, help yourself. So I guess my first mention will be Greece, nineteen seventy eight. Um, another very much classic, beloved musical uh, film where you would recognise basically any song that was played from its track list. I would imagine and be able to sing along like if you were 
into it. Um, written and performed by quite a wide variety of people, actually. I don't th don't think there is one composer that is present throughout. There are some who are common, like uh, Warren Casey, Jim Jacobs. Um, I mean, would you say "Grease" is the word? Is the uh, the like the the like the original song for the film? Uh, no, Greece is the word. Um, Summer Nights is a classic one there. Sandy, uh, Grease Lightning, I think would I would say is the most recognisable classic Ooh, really? song there. Ooh, Grease Lightning. Yeah, I I, I say I um, have I performed in this. I might have performed in this at some point. Uh, so uh, has quite a lot of. Um, I said this is um, like one of the first major films that I watched as a kid. Is I've performed in it as we've seen it in live various live stage shows. So I mean, this has been fairly present in my life as a musical film entity for some time. Uh, and yeah, it, it is a classic that is warrants uh, rewatching, and um, everyone associated with it is super awesome. I gotta say. Um... I think the final song of the movie. What is the final song of the movie again? That just goes to show where my point. Oh yeah, uh, you're all right. Okay, I knew that. I, I just couldn't remember the name. Also, oh, this really goes against the point I was going to say. I think you're the one that I want is actually more than Grease Lightning, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That is also another. Yeah, yeah. It's the, all a lot. All of them are like up there. Like, um... I mean, it was it was the first musical I ever saw as well. Like, I remember getting the old, mm. you know, cassette with the uh, the that lovely art on the front of the cover and everything uh, with uh, Travolta and uh, Living Newton John, John Travolta, Living Newton John on the front with the uh, the grease car at the bottom. I've never seen this live though. I think mean, I'm definitely gonna have to do that eventually. Yeah, no, it'll it is it is always it's one of these things that's always on somewhere. Um, I think there have been a few adaptions as well. Um, but we don't talk about Greece too. We don't talk about Greece two, three, four, five, six. Was there, I think it was. A, I think there was only two. I think <laughs> there was only two. But is this going to be one of these films that's going to get rebooted? Do you think? God, I hope not. The the original cast and songs, it, they like tried to redo it with, I don't know, like Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito was. Wow. Okay, that's Cultural. that's something. It wouldn't work. Basically, it, trying to cast anyone else as uh, John as John Travolta's character just wouldn't. It, it, it wouldn't be the same. Um, there's quite a lot of just unique energy. Everyone was having fun, and it was good, and it was you know the well, energy so just wouldn't be film. there. It is it a is 50s a, film. A 50s film made in the late 70s. Um, yeah, around the same time as Star Wars, I believe. So, it's, what there was, so there was maybe thirty years between nineteen fifties and when this film was made. The uh, seventies was a long time ago, forty years ago. So More we are fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're at a point where we're watching this film further in time ahead than it was made Check. from its original subject matter. 80 years. Yeah. Jesus. It doesn't, Christ. it's, it, that does feel oh, weird. 70 years. It? Yeah. 70 years. I do, I can do maths, people. Just retired today is 70 years. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, again, this is the first musical I saw. I think, yeah, I think this is just an, I've, 
I think they are gonna. I think they are gonna do a remake eventually. As long as you keep as the fifties, I think. It, as long as you keep that visual flair, I think it can work. Um, the cast, though, again, like Olivia Newton-John, just absolute classic artist. Um, John Travolta, just those moves, like gotta get his hips, gotta get his yeah, hips again. Yeah, I mean, he he well deserves his place amongst um, film star royalty with this, was this film before? alone. Was this before or after Saturday Night Fever? I think it was before, right? Because uh, yeah, because obviously you know he um he's famous like for Greece's yeah. yeah. Because this was like a student type deal. Like this wasn't a big film when it was originally made. And now look at it. I know, right? It's insane. So it's, it's like a Rocky Horror Picture level style thing. Probably, yeah, it's prob- the same deal. Probably, probably more than Rocky Horror. It was made for more, but obviously you know the names in the you know the mm. everything. But yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. If you have not seen Greece, please, dear God, go and see Greece. Like, stop, stop, stop the podcast, people. This is the one time I'll say, it. stop the podcast to go watch Greece. Yeah, and then and then much. come back and, and press play and continue. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get double play for that, but you know, we we, <laughs> we will sacrifice the download and the viewership for Tech to go watch Greece. So yeah, right. We're now moving along uh, to Mr. James. Yeah, I mean, all this talk about the past and especially the fifties. I mean, come on, guys, it's it's time to get back to the future. Oh, actually, uh, James, Back to the Future isn't in my list, but mm. the composer will be mentioned in a couple of films. Yeah, no, cool, awesome. Yeah, so another uh, another film which I believe has an iconic soundtrack. You just hear that soundtrack and hear the theme, and you instantly know. Um, so I'm just watching the clip now. Very, it's very evocative of that kind of like '80s kind of action um, and yeah. like family action. Lots of dun dun dunning, you know. Also, the fact it was a trilogy plan from the get go. Yeah, it was just really good. Um, also, now a, 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 a West End musical turned going into Broadway musical. I've not seen it yet. Do I, I do actually want to see it. I've heard it's really good. I've heard when they do the um, they actually eighty-eight miles per hour scene. They have the uh, DeLorean on a platform. They have like special visual effects implemented, so it does look like the car is actually driving at speed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I've performed uh, Johnny Be Good. You know, love that mm. scene oh, in the movie. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, uh, Alan Silvestri uh, doing the theme for this. Um, again, love this movie. Love the fact that um, uh, Christopher, what's his name? Apologies. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. I thought I was about to say Christopher Lee. I was like, no. It began with an hour. Christopher, Lee, uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, is in this. Um, I believe he's in a comedy show, Taxi. Uh, before this came out, actually, and he went on to do this film. But yeah, again, I love this film. It blew my mind when I was younger. And to think, like, I, I honestly feel like a DeLorean could actually go in that speed at real life. Turns out DeLoreans could not even hit, like, 70 back then. But futuristic car, love the film. Also, obviously, it's um, uh, Michael J. Fox's... I want to say his, like... It is his major film break but he was in like tv mm. shows and also i believe he was in one film before this so like one film after this i've uh like a spooky horror type thing but he was in a tv show and that's why he wasn't originally cast in the film and then he was actually the second choice actor go watch the um the netflix uh, documentary series the movies that made us and watch the back to the future episode uh highly recommend that people but yeah uh any more to say about the uh, soundtrack james no just you've not seen back to the future um watch it Again, people, maybe just look at the hashtags for this show and just go watch all these films before we actually talk about it, before you actually listen to the show. Uh, yeah, again, like, this has such a powerful score. And I think also this composer, 
because obviously this composer also did Forrest Gump and the, the film I'm going to talk about a bit later on. If you know your films, people, you know exactly what I'm going to be talking about. We won't spoil it just yet. Right. Moving on to my next film. Uh, I think actually I'm now James is probably going to be talking about this a bit later. So I think I don't know. Maybe we should just combine it now. But it's uh, if I just say the track name, James, and I'm going to about Molossus. I know you're talking about Batman Begins, but I do not have Batman Begins on my list. I mean, to be fair, though, this this track of Molossus, which is like which I call the iconic Batman theme, like the Dark Knight theme song, in my opinion, is just the trilogy for this. Obviously, you know, it's a Hans Zimmer. And as soon as James said to me, like, you know, this my tracks are going to be composed by a lot of one person. Um, I was like, oh, well, I know exactly who's on there. And obviously it's it's Batman. So and it's going to be there. But James, I'm actually going to hand it over to you first. So you can actually talk about it and I'll come in at the end. Well, do you want me to talk about what my selection is, which is uh, close to this? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Which is which is Hans Zimmer. It's not Batman Begins, but it's for Dark Knight. Because in 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 my mind, what Hans Zimmer did with that specifically with the soundtrack to the Dark Knight is pretty kind of amazing, especially the Joker theme, the way it's kind of it's very experimental in nature. How it's like this one. I can't remember exactly how I did it. I don't know if you, you, you remember, but it was a special way you did it. It's like, it's like a razor blade being played on a string or something. Yeah, it's yeah. like this one tone. It's like it's, it's a waving tone. Yes, yeah. And that's just, just like kind of like experimentalism, just to get that kind of sense of foreboding is was I, I, I felt was uh, was utterly amazing. So I'll make my fourth selection for Dark Knight. And, uh, but yeah, of course, the Batman Begins soundtrack is also amazing. I've listened to both those soundtracks so many times. I've also, Dark Knight Rises, that's not on my list, but I'll shut that one out as well. But for me, I was going to choose between those three soundtracks. For me, it is The Dark Knight. And again, the Joker theme, the uniqueness of that theme is uh, genius. In my so opinion. I do like to always mention this. Obviously, The Dark Knight Rises is my least favourite out of the, uh, the Nolan films because I think there was a lot of stuff that could have been improved in that movie, especially... especially the people. Uh, Bane's voice in that film was terrible, in my opinion. I love the fact that the Harley Quinn TV show just rips the fuck into that. I think it's hilarious. But yeah, Molossus. I also love the fact that it's so it's so it's so interesting, a bit weird they did this. But Hans Zimmer composed the soundtrack list for Batman Begins that actually spells out Batman for three of the for six of the tracks, which I thought was hilarious. And obviously, Molossus is the man part of the actual um, track list. I think I don't know. It's like done. I just like I think it it brings the like the the urgency of the character and the pace and also like you know the 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 high tone like the actual drums coming in the 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 horns it shows the the um the fortitude but also he he just doesn't stop like I think like it builds up as well and like the orchestral thing behind it because obviously also, they also they usually save this track for the the bigger parts of the film, which I think is the best part to do, like the truck scene where he first appears there, and also the final fight in the Dark Knight where they're on the uh, skyscraper, which I thought was amazing to see, uh, and obviously at the end of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, but yeah, I, I just love this. I love this theme song. I thought you know um, Hans Zimmer and sorry, we have to give credit here. It's Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. So I have to ha- definitely have to give credit here. Uh, so obviously, uh, Nolan originally invited Zimmer to compose the uh, music, and Zimmer asked Nolan if he could invite Howard to compose as well, as they had planned a collaboration. But the two the two composers collaborated on separate themes for the split personality of Bruce Wayne and his alter ego Batman. Zimmer and Howard began to compose began composing in Los Angeles and moved to London, where they stayed for twelve weeks to compose most of the writing. 
Zimmer and Howard sought inspiration for shaping the skull by visiting the Batman Begins set. So again, like I just, I definitely had to, uh, you know, make sure to mention James Newton Howard here um, because Hans, I feel like when you, when you think of the Batman theme score, a lot of people do tend to forget about him, but it's more James Newton Howard definitely has as well. And I love how there was split personality. Again, as mentioned by the Wikipedia page, there's a split personality of Bruce Wayne in this film, in the first film specifically as well. Like, who are you? You know, what are you? And then it's that, you know, the, the, the Molossus theme really kicks into gear again when he finally, you know, reveals to Rachel who he is and then it kicks into high gear. And that's when shit's about to go down. And uh, yeah, that's... um. I just wanted to, you know, I definitely wanted to bring in James to the collaboration on this. And we're definitely going to get into the next film as well. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Which I'll talk about in a moment for Alan Silvestri, but first we're going to roll over to Fergus. Fergus, what is your next film, man? Mine is number two, or my next choice, is a, is another musical. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, which is 1993. Um, this is Tim Burton's masterpiece animated uh, musical. What's this? Uh, uh, what's the what's this? What's the soundtrack about, Fergus? What's the soundtrack about? So this is primarily done by Danny Elfman, uh, who does a lot of Tim Burton's soundtracks. Uh, but The Nightmare Before Christmas a skeleton from the world of Halloween mistakenly ends up in the world of Christmas and a comedic crossover ensues. Basically, they kidnap Santa Claus and lots of ghosts and zombie kids. It's a fucked up film. It, it is. is. It is. An, it is. It's it good. Is. It's really good. Uh, but a lot but of stuff happens. Film. Like, it's only a PG. Um, oh, yeah. But still, yeah. I mean, you know, um... and Danny Elfman is just well. It's Danny Elfman, like you know. I mean, a quick shout out to he did the, the, the one of the most famous Batman themes out there as well. But a bit, massive shout out to Danny Elfman. But again, like, did you catch what I was doing about like asking what it was, though, Fergus? What's this? What's this? What's this? There's magic in the air. Again, one of the most classic songs, Oogie Boogie song. This is Halloween. What else have we got? Again, like if you're into this sort of stuff, I think you would again recognize and be able to try and sing along to at least some of these songs. Um, they're very catchy. They do. They, they are a very again a very integral part of the film itself. Like the, if you remade it without the songs, it just wouldn't work or be the same film. Um, and Again, like if you're into Tim Burton stuff, it is a classic film that does warrant uh, definitely a must watch. Um, There was also involvement with, oh, who was it? Um, I know Danny Elfman uh, has his own band that was involved with this as well. Um, Yes. And also, again, people, 
which I highly recommend. Uh, go watch the episode, uh, the Halloween episode, themed episode for this, which uh, for the the movies that made us, which is on Netflix right now, because they actually do have a specific segment for Danny Elfman in regards to how he actually composed the music for this film. Yeah, absolutely. I've not seen it myself. I will have to check it out. Um, Brilliant. To yes, a lot of involvement by a lot of talented people, but um, yeah, music and lyrics, Danny Elfman throughout, and top job, definitely. Also. Um, I've just learned something. I've just realized something. So obviously it's Tim Burton. So Danny Elfman is most likely, you know, trailing behind, you know, obviously. But obviously you have the the Wednesday Netflix series coming out soon. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know. And obviously Danny Elfman is the the, um, the composer, the theme music composer. And yeah. obviously composer Chris Baker as well. But I, it's a little tangent, people. I didn't know that it was created. I thought this was Tim Burton created this. You know, Tim Burton directed this show. The creators are Alfred Gore and Miles Miller. Now, if you're in geek culture and you were in the early 2000s, these two guys created Smallville. Oh, right. Okay. So the Smallville creators have created Wednesday show directed by Tim Burton. I'm like, that is, that is a, that is a, that is a show. That is, that is, that is a weird composition. So, which I'm really looking forward to. They also did oh. Into the Badlands, which I highly recommend. It's great on Amazon. I believe it's still on there, but yeah. No, but definitely wanted to bring that little thing in there. So, right. James is actually just pop away. So what we're going to do is, <laughs> What we're going to do as people to save time is uh, we're actually going to go to Fergus's next choice now. We're actually going My to next about choice. Now. Yeah, let's, let's okay. go to Fergus's next choice. So this is a bit of a gear change. Uh, we are leaving the musicals behind and we are heading into the wonderful world of anime and anime soundtracks. Because, of course, because there wouldn't be an episode without tentacles and hentai and anime for Fergus. Wow, you're going to regret that comment. Oh, this for film. fuck's sake. <laughs> This film is Spirited Away, the U-rated... Oh, no! Why did I do that? one really wholesome movie. Oh, I'm Studio Ghibli. Uh, there I... are no tentacles here. Okay, okay, answer me this, though. Are there tentacles later coming up? Or, or is uh, there, like... Is it heavier yeah, anime later on? Well, mm, there might be a tentacle, but not really. I mean, okay, like, to be fair, in my defense, The Little Mermaid has tentacles <laughs> into a point. But, True. oh, my God, I can't believe it's spirited away. Why, <laughs> like, fuck's sake, people. This is, okay. The, yeah, it's it's uh, composed by Joe Kishashi. Uh, so this is fairly, your fairly classic uh, anime, piano, emotional, not really feel good. Um, if you've seen the movie at all, it is... It is quite tense. There's quite a lot of like loss themes and you know, will I get back to my world sort of vibes. So there's a lot of sorrow and tenseness and it comes across brilliantly in the music. Like the film is a classic uh in the animated anime world. I think the music does a lot to push that a lot forwards because it helps you ground yourself in the world. I say a lot of the sound design helps, but the music is again a big grounder in this new world that a lot of the people watching the film would have not experienced before so there's lots of um tree spirit themes and this sort of stuff it's, it's, this sort of stuff is coming through with largely piano music um which is hard to do i think like this is not one where you might recognize there's not like standout classic theme songs particularly but I think if you listen to it as a whole, you would recognise it and know it for what it was in terms of the film so it was from. But it's you're 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 going to crucify me, Fergus. I've only ever seen one Studio Ghibli movie. Oh, which one? 
Powers Moving Castle. That's the oh, only. It's a good one. And yeah, I like, I... like Fergus is like, yeah, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you, but that's that's good. Everything like, watch this. Definitely watch Spirited Away. I mean, it's they're pretty close. Um, I say, I would say Spirited Away is better than Howl's Moving Castle. Um, there, there is an anime which I've heard I should have because I don't like my depressing anime, like heavy depressing. It's mm. about the one where it's the girl in the, the Japanese World War Two. Uh, oh, not wait. Uh, fire the grave of the fireflies. That's it. Yeah, I've been trying yeah, to I, avoid I, that yeah, one. Yeah, even I haven't made it to the end of grave of the fireflies. It's it's too much, man. Yeah, it no. Really is. James has returned to people, but basically, uh, James, uh, you probably didn't hear. Basically, I knew we were going to over to anime, so I decided to um. I decided to make the comment that we're moving into the land of hentai and um, tentacles, and then Fergus went to the most wholesome anime ever, and I was like, I feel shit. It really is. Uh, yeah, definitely watch it if you've not seen it. Um, the music does a lot for it. Um, I think I even saw this as like a live stage show at one point. Oh, wow. That's that's something. <laughs> Which, again, used largely the same music. Um, so it's quite hard to pick out uh, one song. Um, but it is the same composer throughout. And it does feel like sort of, you know. Again, uh, uh, what we'll do is, people, after the show, we'll get Fergus to select a few tracks from Spirited Away. And we'll put mm. maybe like two, three tracks from the actual film itself, but definitely go check out the film. Right. We're now going to go to James to find out his uh, next uh, favorite film uh, track, soundtrack. Uh, so, James, hand over to you, man. Okay, cool. So, we summoned up, we like that Hans Zimmer was somebody who I've had multiple entries of. Yeah. Do I have yeah. a. Guess what my next century is? Hans Zimmer. Gladiator. Oh well, no, 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 no. Um, is it Inception? It is Inception. Hundred yeah, percent. Again, another another amazing soundtrack, which is, I mean, very experimental film by Nolan, going into different like Inception, somebody's dreams essentially, and so you go into these different. It's a very trippy film, but it's a Layered. very very good film, and the. The, the, the tenseness and the trippiness of the whole uh, concept is really um, evoked with uh, Hans Zimmer's soundtrack. Yeah, this is definitely a, a layered film, and I also um, I believe like the, the like the, the music does get more complicated as the film goes on as well. I believe, like I think I think that's something that does happen. That's just my interpretation. Yeah. I've only seen it Inception a couple of times, but because it still confuses me to this day, I still haven't seen um the other one Interstellar, and people have a go at me for that. But I've still not seen Interstellar to this day. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. Inception for me was I think that the peak of like no, 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 I could handle like the the mind fuckery essentially. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try Tenet. But yeah, no, Inception uh, is a, an amazing movie. Great score. Um, time is one of the main tracks, I believe. Um, is the uh, the well, slow dancing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's that's awesome. But yeah, Inception probably you add that to the track list. You get kind of like the ticking of kind of like a clock. Kind of like, so I'm just listening to the soundtrack myself at the moment and reminding myself. But you do get a very kind of like intense because because one thing no one likes to do when in his films is play around the concept of time a lot. And Inception is no different. There are no, but there's both right at the end of the film. Try not to spoil it too much, but time does play into it in, in terms of they need to do something in a certain amount of time. And the soundtrack very much. Bills and bills and bills, and it feels almost like a ticking kind of like clock kind of like element to some of that soundtrack. Yeah, no, again, like love this film. Uh, I've only seen it a couple of times myself. It's, it's, I think it's one of those films that I don't think I could watch too often, but when I do watch it, when I do see it, it's visually stunning and looks so good. 
But yeah, right. Moving on to my next film. Right. So I mentioned Mr. Alan Silvestri before. So can you guess what my next film is, James, since it's Alan Silvestri? Yes, because I've seen your... Cause it's on, oh, it's damn on it. Why did I do that? Damn it. Why did I do that? Yes, people. I am talking about the one and only Alan Silvestri, Avengers Endgame. I can't believe I forgot the tagline there. And I'm specifically talking about the uh, track Portals. This film, I watched a review for this uh uh, um, uh, film basically saying this scene was was the ultimate comic book panels come to life. I was like, you can you could not picture what was going to happen in this scene, and I was like, okay, that's fine and everything. You know, Captain America getting his ass kicked and you know up against all the other enemies. But when obviously and there didn't get spoiled for what actually happens for this part, but obviously you know it comes back to the running joke of obviously uh, Captain America listening to. Sam Wilson on your left, which I thought was an amazing callback to the fact that he disappeared in the last movie. And it's his reintroduction. Uh, his first introduction in the film was on your left. And then later on, it's a case of this is re- his reintroduction in this film. And then we get the entrance uh, in the portal from the amazing Emmy Award winning, post-humanity Emmy Award winning now, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, his return as well. And then it just builds up from there where all the heroes return you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Spider-Man makes his triumphant return, like, you know, he has this big shot, you know, basically the Wizards are bringing every army in the MCU to fight Thanos, and, you know, Captain America's like, oh, fuck, fuck, I don't have to do this by myself now. Uh, but, you know, it's the it's the theme from the first film, building and building, and it's, mili- it's like it's the militaristic chant, and, you know, the, the hope and the, the, you know, Pepper Potts coming into the scene and everything, you know, and you know, I love him. There's a little joke about like, you know, Wong, you know, is asked to bring in more people in. Also, Ant-Man, you know, coming out of the ground and everything. And everyone just coming into the scene. And then we get that classic line of Avengers, pause, 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 and then assemble. That is just like pure cinema to me. To be honest. And that, that was the moment where me and my friend, it was, it was, it was an uncontrolled moment where we somehow slowly raised our fists to each other and the, did the lightest of fist bumps just as the assemble happened because we'd been waiting 10 years for captain america to say avengers assemble and he was going to do it in the last film but they cut it and i thought it was a running joke but the charge up between these people it's so i didn't put this as my number one because i think there are a couple of films which have a lot more nostalgic factor for me but i had to put this in my top three because again my housemate knows this i pl- i've played this scene so many times, you know, Ant-Man punching the thing and everything, everyone fighting. I've played this track so many times in my mind. I just viewed it so many times. It's just, I don't know how we're going to get, like, I think I want to know how Marvel's going to play out in the next 10 years because I, if the whole multiverse thing, they are going to have to take it to 10 steps further in the next, you know, the final stage because we got to the stage in event in the Marvel universe where that this was just the culmination for a lot of people, you know, in the, in this podcast themselves. They stopped watching Marvel films really because Endgame was their Endgame, and this I thought this scene really uh, culminates that for me. So that was my, you know, try. Any you guys got any thoughts on that? No, uh, <laughs> no, but I mean I agree with you. Uh, both the Infinity War and Avengers Endgame films were fantastic, and the uh, film score definitely contributes to a lot of the emotional uh, moments in those films. Also, I've seen a clip of um, uh, Seth MacFarlane actually got um, Alan Silvestri at his Christmas party to actually play the uh, Portals theme song. 
for the entire of the celebrities there for the Christmas party. And I'm like, oh, that is a... And like Seth MacFarlane's just got like the cheesiest grin on his face because he's a big geek himself. So, you know, it, again, amazing score. I don't know how... And I love the fact that we're not getting another Avengers film to the end of Phase 6. And I think I think that's needed as well because we are going to need that Avengers theme song to play properly again when everyone culminates together again. So that's my... I wouldn't say my number three, but my next on my list. We're going to round it back to Fergus now. Back to me. Uh, so sticking with the uh, more anime movie soundtracks, a absolute classic, um, the 1995 Ghost in the Shell movie. Uh, I know there have been quite a few uh, iterations of this since 1995, including a live action with uh, Scarlett Johansson, which does ha- still have the same main theme because it is such a classic. Um, the chant song. You'll you'll know it if you hear it. It'll probably be in the playlist below. Um, so there's various remixes and reiterations of it. But uh, this was all um, composed and arranged by Kenji Kawai. Um, he is quite a prolific composer um, in the sort of anime and even live action. Um, world like he's done IP Man, all of the Ghost in the Shells. Uh, he did the did you say Hig- IP Man, IP Man. Yes, he is a martial artist who owns large quantities of his own IP and rents them, uh, rents them out to Netflix series. <laughs> I've not seen it, I've not seen it. Ip it's, man. it's just it, it, it's just Ip Man, yeah. It's, it's just Ip man. man, he's yeah. not a copyright lawyer. Um. <laughs> He did quite a lot of the soundtracks for the Higurashi uh, series, which we have mentioned in previous episodes. Um, but the say the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack is um, again lends itself quite just re- extremely well to um, like a high tech cyberpunk uh, future sort of city. Um, so it's kind of there's a lot of philosophy behind it. So it's quite high-tech, not really electronic, but using traditional instruments typically, but in a sort of thoughtful way. It's a very interesting production all round, really. And I said the chant, you, you'll you know it. And it is. I think it's pretty unique <clears throat> in terms of uh, tracks, especially film tracks. Um, it really makes it stand out. Uh, I think it is the opening opening song it's been a while since i've seen the 1995 version it's used in different ways in the other versions of the film but um i do very much recommend watching the original ghost in a shell animated movie um because it is far better than any of the other iterations i think i've never um, I've, I've never seen ghost in the shell i know i've I, I even refused to watch the live action version because obviously I'd want to watch the original version first. I mean, I've seen, you know, clips online of the, um, you know, the actual film itself. And I, I definitely, when I see the visuals for Ghost of the Show, I know exactly, exactly what it is, to be honest. I've seen the original anime film, but it's been a long time since I saw that. So I don't remember it very well. I remember it being very good, though. I remember it being very good. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Uh, James, we're going to go to your uh, next one now, man. Yep, cool. So you all know I love my Batman and the Batman soundtracks are fantastic. So it is absolutely obvious that my next choice is going to be um, 
Batman 1966 movie. Oh wow! Okay, I did not see no, that. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not the 96. It's not the 66 movie. I'm just joking about. It is actually the 89 movie and the Danny Elfman uh, score for that. One of the most iconic Batman soundtracks of all time. Uh, very heavily associated also with the animated TV show, the Batman animated show, which came out um, shortly after um, the 89 film, which came out, so the animated show came out in the early 90s, I believe, reused the Daniel Elfman score. And that theme is basically been synonymous with uh, Batman for a very long time. Yeah, no, um, again, like, Obviously, I've watched a few podcasts where they talk about the fact that, you know, back in the day, all they literally had to go off for the 89 Batman movie was the the Batman symbol. That's all they had to go off. And then when they went into the film, and then... Yeah, again, butchered that, people, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be in the playlist. Um, love, love the film. Um, again... I also love the, I I love the scene in the movie when the theme's playing where the uh, the bat actually goes into the moon like actually I thought that was so visually stunning. I'm not a huge fan of Batman Returns to be honest because I think it went too as I put it too Burton. Yeah. It, it went too Tim Burton. I think I think like you know that's what really pisses me off about the whole Batgirl you know cancellation. We're still getting the Flash. That's cool and everything you know for people. I'm still apprehensive about that. Really apprehensive. But Keaton will be in it. But I'm still pissed off that Keaton is not going to be in the Batgirl movie as well. And, you know, Keaton is a lot of people's Batman, to be honest. You know, that, that's, that's a lot. You know, a lot of people have their um, Bale or their Batfleck. But, you know, uh, Keaton is, is a lot of people's Batman. And I, again, amazing score, James. And also, as you said, went on to um, stupidly heavily influence the animated series, which is a, yeah, mm-hmm. a, a stunning soundtrack unto itself. Yeah, no, right. Moving on to my uh, next one. So, definitely different than those ones. Uh, can you guess what my next one is? Uh, it's a, from a fantasy series. Yes, because I'm watching your stream, so I'm going to... Damn it, damn it, damn it. Okay, uh, well, people, the magic is gone. Uh, we are talking about the Lord of the Rings uh, film trilogy, mm. specifically The Return of the King. Uh, and I don't watch any film, the extended version people. That's the only way I go about... I totally forgot it's like 12 and a half hours there in total for three films, which still gets me to this day. But yeah, we're talking about uh, three tracks in particular, The Steward of Gondor, The Ride of the Rohirrim, and uh, so four tracks, actually. So The Steward of Gondor, The Ride of the Rohirrim, The End of All Things, and Into the West. So with The Return of the King, it was uh, scored by Howard Shaw, who's actually come back to do the opening theme song for The Rings of Power, which I think is absolutely great to do. Uh, but again... We're actually going in order here for this as well, because the, in this movie, The Steward of Gondor, uh, when Faramir rides out to face off against Osgiliath when Denethor sends him out, and Denethor's like, you, Hobbit, sing, you, you, you are musical people, sing me a mm. song. And it's like, oh, you know, how the fuck is Pippin supposed to do a musical song when it is someone he knows is about to ride to his death? But then they actually you know, they do the song, he starts singing, um, Oh, Miss Behind the world i had and it's literally just him singing initially and then the orchestral score comes in towards the end as they as they ride towards their doom essentially you know all the orcs are watching faramir is like ch- shouting charge they're all going forward denifor is just like gorging down on food and it's the really sad end of like denifor thinking oh he's gonna get his honor back or whatever he's just you know fuck my son i'm just gonna let him die 
It's a really, really emotional scene to me. So I love this scene and love the track from this film. The next one, again, I was talking about is um, The Ride of the Rahirim. Minas Tirith is pretty much in shambles by this point, people. <laughs> uh, they are losing. The trolls are in. Uh, Gandalf's staff is pretty much destroyed. But don't worry. Uh, Theoden and the Rahirim have turned up to aid Gondor. And like right now, to him, to on to glory, like stupidly amount. Like we are talking, like as the music pans out, as he's giving this amazing speech, hitting all the spears, and then the you know his his niece is there, Eowyn, and then it just pans out the chants going on, and then we just see the huge, huge score of cavalry which are in the scene, and the orcs are just like, oh, we're fucked. Like <laughs> they're like, oh, we'll put the spears to the front. I'll put the spears to the front as they're charging and everything. It's like, cool, we'll do it, but no, it doesn't work. They just ride through them. Just ride through them and kill them all. And I think it's just an epic scene, to be honest. It's just like, shows the power of the two nations together. Um, quick move along to the other tracks. People, again, apologies, you know, I love the, I love the score for this film. We are talking about the end of all things. Um, so basically, at the end of all things, it's the end scene of the movie where... Um, uh aragorn is fighting um he's he's trying to distract sauron from frodo going to mount doom fun fact for the original scene for this film which was actually a deleted scene aragorn was supposed to fight sauron again there was they actually shot sauron fighting aragorn which i thought would actually been really good for this film but in the extended cut they had the mouth of sauron uh but again like you know it's like for frodo and then the music kicks in and they, everyone, like the last of men and elves and dwarf and a charger towards the enemy. And, you know, it's just beautiful music. And then you just end the film with the narrative ending with Frodo uh, going to, I believe it is Valinor, you know, into the West, journeying with the elves because he's a ring bearer. Ironically, Sam would be allowed to go as well because he is a ring bearer as well because he did carry the ring for a small part. But it's uh, Annie Lennox doing the Into the West song, um, you know, it's it's such a peaceful song because like you know the war's over, everyone's at peace, and it's just like you know journey into the west. You know it, it's your time now. It's your time to rest. You know going to the west. I've, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Those will be the four songs on my list, and we'll get to my number one in a second. People, um, obviously these guys know because I realise I keep forgetting to put it my uh, wiki document back up. But yeah, Fergus, uh, we're gonna head up to your number one now, man. Uh, at number one, yes, uh, it is Lord of the. No, it's not Lord of the Rings. I I would have put Lord of the Rings if I didn't suspect someone else would have done that. Um, I do agree with all of those selections there. Um, but for me, at number one is the 1988 Akira soundtrack. Because... I was right. There is some awful like tentacle type things in it's here. All, sort of a tentacle kind of maybe. Watch the film, you'll see what we mean. Um, very interesting soundtrack, uh, as frankly any movie goes. Um, interesting artist as well, actually. Um, you know, Yami Ash. Yes, this is our name. Uh, I'm like, no. I probably actually, to be fair, I probably will if I saw the artwork. I think it's one of those things where you don't know the artist, you know the art. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, Yami Shuragurumi. I, I can, I, I did, I, yes. Sorry about that. 
It's created by a Japanese musical collective rather than an individual artist. Uh, this collective, um, Tsumuro Ohashi, uh, is the leader of it, or he was the creator of it. Um, it consists of hundreds of people from works of walks of life, including journalists, doctors, engineers, students, and businessmen. Um, who kind of get together and create experimental music from um, a wide range of sources, including Indonesian gamelan music uh, and traditional Japanese stuff and progressive rock and this sort of stuff. It's resulted in an incredibly interesting and very effective soundtrack for the Akira movie. Um, there are some really good tracks. Uh, I, I would recommend watching the movie before scoping out the tracks because like it'll have like extra impact if you you know watch while listening to because some quite dramatic things happen in akira like i think tokyo gets blown up at least twice uh spoiler but you must have seen it already because it's 1988 <laughs> film um yeah no um so the 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 collective here has um, done some other very interesting experimental albums. Not that many other films, I don't think. So it makes the Akira soundtrack pretty unique as films go. If you're into kind of sci-fi and it's, 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 the Akira world is an interesting world in itself. Like um, people coming back from apocalypse rebuilds this massive city, but there's all kinds of like culty religious groups and gangs and things that sort of not perfect. It's not quite cyberpunky, but that kind of vision of the future sort of deal. Um, but to have this music that is ancient Indonesian gamelan with like Shinto origins type music with all this futureness, just really, it's really quite exceptional. Um, definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it already. Um, sorry about the pronunciations. I got that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there will be tracks in the playlist uh, for your dilatation, but I'm sure you can watch Akira on Netflix at the moment, actually. So I would recommend that. I definitely think I will because I, I've seen Akira, but I don't think I've finished Akira. Like I, I, I believe I saw it back in college and it was one of those films where they had it on. I was like, oh, okay, I'll get this going. And I think I came like a quarter of the way through, halfway through. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? It's like, quite a dense film. Like, my personal opinion is it would have been better as a 12-part animated series rather than a film. Like If you've seen the manga, you would see why. Like, it's hefty. They've tried, they've tried to squeeze a lot of quite high-concept stuff into Let me ask you this two then. hours. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. So Taika Waititi is the person still supposed to be doing the movie adaptation of this. How do you feel about that? Very, very, very tough job to take on. Um, I assume it's live action uh, adaptation that he's doing. Um, like trying to get that live action slide though with the bike. Yes, like it, Akira as an animated series is visually exceptional as well. Um, so it's an extremely tough challenge to take on. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt, but um... I mean, there's rumours he might not be coming back after the uh, the mid middle middled reception of Thor: Love and Thunder. To be honest. I am shocked at that personally because I really liked Thor Love and Thunder and he did a good job with what was quite a complicated situation. Yeah, really. I get that. Uh, we'll probably have a discussion in uh, one of our news topics or topics down the line, people. 
Mm. We're now going to hand it to uh, James now for his uh, number one. Yeah, so we've already done two Batman films, so I'm definitely not going to do another one. Um, so my next film, it, there was a lot of recency bias in my last selection, but it's a soundtrack that I have on repeat. And okay, I'm, I, I, I lied, I'm doing another Batman film. It's for Batman. It's Michael Ciacchino's soundtrack for the Batman. Again, Batman. it's a soundtrack which um, it really again it really evokes uh, the. So I'm trying to listen to soundtrack at the same time. It really evokes the sense, sense of Batman again, but maybe in a more grittier way than uh, Danny Elfman's track does. Kind of like similar to how movies have evolved from Danny Elfman's more superheroic, bombastic kind of soundtrack to Michael Giacchino's maybe. A, a, Still as a bombast, but it's still it's a bit more of a, a darker, grittier kind of um, foreboding tone. I mean, like I, I'll be honest with you, like this film only feels like it has maybe four or five tracks in the entire film. Like when I heard the score <laughs> at most, and I will say the intro to this film when you know uh, Batman Bruce Wayne is first talking, and it does feel like comic book panels where he's, you know talk about the city and how he's been doing it for two years, and you know dumb. Dum dum dum. You know, it's that build up and then when he first appears out of the shadows, like, you're all fucked now. And again, like yeah. it's it's really interesting. So it's like I think it, I give it a Jaws comparison because Jaws is a very like very basic theme for what it is. Uh and I feel the Batman, it's it's it has the similar feel of how like it, it's drawing mm. the power. It's it's powerful. But it's very simple in its like um, its its execution. Uh, it's a good point to like the whole classic super themes because I think like Hans Zimmer again, you know, um, Man of Steel. I never put him on my list at all, but yeah. it's very very difficult to do a superhero theme after Superman. But I think you know Man of Steel did a great job with that. It's not it's not as iconic, but if you hear it, you you definitely know what it is from the drums and the drum uh, trumpets and everything. I think the Batman like. Dependent on how we do with the next film, which is going to happen, which I'm hoping they'll maybe evolve the track. So, so basically, obviously, you know, in this film, the Batman, he he's learning who he is. Basically, I'm wondering if it'll be a case of the track evolves as the film goes. Films go on, like it becomes. It's very simplistic and like yeah. structured now, but it becomes more like orchestral as it goes by because it is Giacchino. So as you know, it becomes it becomes more you know more layers essentially. Yeah, that's fair. But again. I think if you listen to a soundtrack, you've got a few different kind of like aspects to the full soundtrack. You know, you've got the Batman Finch, which really says uh, it's very simple but very effective, and you know it's you could listen to that anywhere. And if you know the character of Batman, you know if you didn't not know that soundtrack, you still know that's a Batman song. That's to do with Batman. But then you've also got um, got the Catwoman soundtrack, which is again very quite similar to Dark Knight Rises because that's got its own kind of like. Um, Sound like soundtrack associated with that character, but um, and then of course, got the one which is more associated with the Riddler. It's you, you, you really do have a full just soundtrack, you have a full sense of all the kind of like aspects and beats in the story, and it all uh, meshes together really well. Yeah, we'll definitely definitely put a few tracks in those people, right? My number one, my numero uno, these guys even know what it is, so it is Star Wars. So let's get the Star Wars main theme out of the way. That's that's a given at the end of the day. We are talking about Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. So a lot of people do not like the prequels. They just don't. I disagree. I think a lot. Uh, I think, yeah, Attack of the Clones is the weakest at the prequels. Then it goes Phantom Menace. But Revenge of the Sith for me, I think 
a lot of people say, oh, it's just because of the uh, the volcano fight between Anakin and Obi Wan. Ironically, uh, that's one of the tracks on here, Anakin versus Obi Wan, um, which I thought was a stunning visual achievement in like its fight choreography and everything. But the music accompanying it really worked well. The other track I'm talking about, which is again the second part of this um, fight, is called "Battle of the Heroes." It's sort of the culmination, like you know, destiny fighting these two friends, brothers, you know, heroes of the war. They've been, you know, one's turned to the dark side, and also it was really interesting to see two blue lightsabers fighting each other in a film, which never happened before up until this point. It's always been red and blue, or green and blue, green and whatever the color combinations. And again, I remember just going into this film. And loving the soundtrack, even just seen in the trailers. But I think the intro to this movie, how uh, it, it does the center Star Wars crawl, but then it goes into the opening battle, and it's just two, it's like, bum, bum, bum. And then the camera pans down, it's this massive, like, stupidly huge space battle. Like, stupidly big. And so the trumpets of the war and effort and effort, and it just goes, in, as the music goes on, I think it has a great score. The other uh, tracks, so the tracks again mentioned before, Anakin versus Obi Wan, and about the heroes. The final track I want to mention is Anakin Dark, Anakin's Dark Deeds, where basically, uh, you know, the Imperial uh, theme song has started to creep in, and it's him basically just going in and killing all the Jedi, all of the Jedi, including the children in the, in the Jedi uh, Temple Chamber, which is a meme they have to this day. I've actually seen an image of Hayden Christensen and the boy he actually slaughters in a scene all grown up, which I think is quite hilarious to be honest. Any as a running joke with that, but yeah, again, I think also like when I think of the prequel trilogy, I do think of the music for this film, and it, it would always stay with me to be honest. And I think because I was because the lead up to this film, I was so hyped for it, even more the Lord of the Rings. This is why it's really difficult for me for Endgame and Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. I think Revenge of the Sith for me is way up there. Rogue One, I think, is probably one of the best Star Wars films, but I think uh, this has the better soundtrack, in my opinion. Um, because obviously, you know, a film doesn't have to be great or perfect to have a great score. And that's actually probably a topic we're going to cover later on in another episode, people. Soundtracks that saved a film or film, or, or films that had a bad soundtrack. We'll probably do a couple of episodes on that. But again, that's my number one. Uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, Battle of the Heroes, Anakin vs. Everyone, and Anakin's Dark Deeds. Mm. Well, people, and breathe. That is it, people. We have done all of our films Hopefully you've enjoyed the episode. Hopefully you've listened along to some of the tracks. Uh, obviously, you know, with copyright, this can be an issue sometimes. So we're, we're go- we are definitely going to be doing, though, our favorite game soundtracks later on as well. TV soundtracks, maybe not as much, because I think like TV, I think it's getting to the point now where, you know, you have your break a badge, Game of Friends and everything. But I think like that's coming up more. But I think when it comes to, um, you know, game soundtracks, we're, and also we're actually looking to get a few other guest hosts on, which, and we're linking that down the line as well. But yes, people, that is it. That is the end of the episode. I'd like to thank Fergus and James for joining me today and also presenting me those lovely uh, film soundtracks. I'm definitely going to be adding those to the Spotify, Google playlist or, um, or YouTube playlist, which I put to the description of the episode. Thank you for having me um, again to talk about anime, mostly, and music. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a really good show about Batman soundtracks. I mean, yeah, it was pretty much, yeah. That. And to be fair, like a lot of those sections were either Danny Elfman or um, uh, Hans Zimmer, to be honest, which ironically, we didn't plan that people, but just turned out to be the case. Mm. There's some really heavy hitters in the film composing world. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good, definitely. And also, uh, go check out some, I'm going to say it's good to, now, go check out some, uh, like, TikToks of, like, you know, how composers of the 70s and 80s took inspiration from the 1800s. 
Like, there's actually some interesting um, musical theory things there about how, like, you know, the Star Wars themes were actually inspired by 1800 songs. Uh, mm, but yeah, yes. no, right, that is it, people. If you'd like to get in contact with us any questions, queries, or compliments, yes, I nailed it this time, uh, please feel free to email us at, if you're on the YouTube version, it's on the screen now. This will also be in the description for the show, nmipodcastoutlook.com. That's nmipodcastoutlook.com. You know, drop in some of your favorite film tracks if we're wrong with some of the films. You know, maybe like we didn't mention some of the tracks from the films that you really enjoy that we actually mentioned today. Uh, you know, we'll read them out in uh, future episodes. Uh, that's nmipodcastoutlook.com. Also search for our socials or Twitter and Instagram at NMIcast. Um, give us a like on there. Give us a follow on there. Search for us on YouTube, NMI, uh, when you need more info. That's NMI, when you need more info on YouTube. We will be doing animated versions of the show. Again, to make sure you know people, we are looking at doing two episodes a week now. It will be a news episode and a topic episode because I know some people just want to get to the topic. The topic part of the, uh, the topic episode will be the only one animated onto YouTube. Uh, because it's a lot easier animating time for myself until we get all, all the Patreon bucks people when we do that eventually down the line we got a lot more viewers and listeners and all you lovely people out there the people but yes people again I'd like to thank James and Fergus for joining me today thank you for having me once again yeah no it's been good cheers mate right people you stay safe everyone keep safe and remember use the force or you know I'm Batman and go to all those amazing tracks people I'll see you next time stay safe everyone Bye-bye. bye bye bye